to your property podcast and today we have got Imogen Cook. Now Imogen, welcome. Thank you, thanks Michelle, thank you for having me. Really excited to have you talking to us today because you have got an absolute wealth of knowledge um, working with property investors and also working with property investors in supporting them with virtual assistance. So um, do you want to start by giving us a bit of your background and how you got to this point? Sure, sounds good. So I was in the rat race, the corporate world, uh, not enjoying it very much for about 13 years. And I got very interested in in property uh, in 2014. Um, I went along to one of these seminars about how you how you make money out of property. Um, I'd never really seen it specifically as a business before in the way that it's presented, you know, in that from that angle. And I'd always been interested in in everything entrepreneurial. I've been going to the business startup show every year. I started an events business in the past, so that was very inspiring for me. Um, from that point, I was one of those people that was in a position that I didn't have money. So, you know, they're like, just go and raise money if you don't have money, which makes it sound very easy. Um, I did do that. It's, it's, it's a journey in itself. Um, but I raised money and I used, uh, those funds that, um, were raised from angel investors to buy HMOs in Birmingham. Um, and then I got stretched pretty thin because I was distance investing between London and Birmingham, still working full time in London. So this is when I started to look to outsource to the Philippines for myself. And I did that effectively. It wasn't, you know, a beautiful, perfect thing day one. Um, I, again, there was another journey in with that process. But I got to a point where I really refined it, um, made it successful, found a particular way to recruit, which is really effective recruited my own team in the Philippines. Um, and then what happened was I was networking a lot, um, especially on the pin circuit actually. And I was talking to a lot of property investors and they all started to ask about this virtual assistant thing. And they really, really wanted to talk to me about it to the extent where everyone stopped talking to me about property and they even stopped talking to me about raising money. And that I knew was a big indicator that something was going on because that's an extremely hot topic. And people would sort of say, well, well, we might talk about that later, but I want to talk about virtual assistants now. And I was like, wow, people, um, people really want to know about this. So I started talking to people. I answered all their questions. I explained what I had done. And um, naively, actually, I thought that this would be in the beginning, um, what would happen was would be that people would go and, and do it for themselves. Um, but what actually happens in real life is when you do something and people like what you do and they like what you have to say, they want to work with you. So what happened is people would say to me, well, can you help me do this? Can you help me find the right people? Can you sort of give me some tips on, on how it all works? Um, and so that's how this business was born, um, the Freedom Geek, and I've been helping a lot of people in the property investing community work with virtual assistants, find the right people, and it's just grown from sort of that 2015 when I started doing it until now. It's really, really grown as a business. So um, at the beginning of last year, I decided to quit my job because at the time I was uh, running the property business, running the virtual assistant business, and trying to work full time, which wasn't sustainable. I felt like I was going crazy. So I was like, something has got to give. It's got to be the job because I hate it. <laughs> and then um, I went, I really focused, especially on the virtual assistant business um, and have grown it since then. And yeah, it's, it's been a really incredible experience for me. Yeah, it sounds like, I mean, I came across you a few years ago. You popped up somehow on my Facebook feed. And, I, you know, at the time, I'd sort of heard about people talking about virtual assistants, but you know it wasn't very common then and i'm just curious you know back in 2015 when you started out what made you actually i mean it's quite brave for someone i mean these days you know i can just go on to upwork or um you know five or whatever to go and find someone it's pretty common within the property community but actually back then you know how did you have that idea to go and set up on your own you know, it, it, it's really interesting because in 2015, the property community were not using virtual assistants from the Philippines very much, no, as you say. But it wasn't new because Tim Ferriss was talking about outsourcing in 2008, I think, um, in, with a four-hour work week. And I'd read that um, and been very interested in it. So actually, virtual assistants have been around for quite a while. But I think people sort of knew what they were sort of knew that they were 
maybe cheaper yes. from other regions and, and didn't really know very much more and were a bit scared to move forward. Yeah. Um, for me, I loved the Tim Ferriss stuff. I've read that book multiple times. I've read <laughs> it, I've listened to it on audio. I've really, really gone over it over and over again. And so I think that was the grounding for me just believing in it, to be yeah. honest. But there were a few gaps in there because, um, no offense to Tim Ferriss, but what he did was say this agency is good and I don't know what's happened to the agency he named at the time. They were probably inundated because he was such an incredible bestseller. And so it still left people with this problem of, well, where do I get a good virtual assistant? You know, who's, who's going to provide good quality? Um, and some of those platforms, um, a bit like monster.com or read, um, you know, .co.uk, there's recruitment platforms. Yes, you can find people, but where's the quality control? It's a little bit of a, of a wild west experience to just go out there and try and find someone on a platform. So a lot of people, you know, tried that um, with some of the, of the platforms. And if you ever see anybody who's done that a lot, they'll tell you that the results are very, very mixed, um, varying from excellent to unbelievably bad. Yeah, everything. that was it. I mean, I read that book as well, again, a few times and uh, loved it. I loved the concepts of it. And I remember going to, I think, Elance it was at the time. And it's sort of experimenting and thinking, okay, right, I'm just going to, you know, get somebody to design a logo for my business or whatever. But it was just so overwhelming. You had, you know, like literally I put a post out and there was hundreds of these replies. I was thinking, oh, God, what do I even, where do I even start with this? I suppose I didn't really have, you know, back in the day, I didn't have like a big property business that I thought, okay, well, I've got this whole list of things that I need doing. But as he says in the book, you know, you can get, you can work with people to, to help you in every day tasks not just the business and it's just about starting out there isn't it but um you know I'm, I'm just really interested in you've obviously like made that leap from wanting to wanting help with your business to actually creating this this business model it's um and very niche as well very specific to property investors that's what I like about it because as you say people knew about them but certainly it wasn't common no and so many people are struggling with with time there are a lot of people that are trying to transition out of their jobs like I was into investing in property or they might be running multiple businesses or, or whatever it is and it just becomes very soul destroying um, when you're trying to move forward and you're sort of drowning in your admin and and things like that so it, it was a big thing I, I mean when I looked at virtual assistants I just I thought about it and I, I thought to myself, I know that there are smart switched on people in the Philippines. I'm absolutely sure. And there are people out there that I want to work with. Um, the challenge is finding them as quickly as possible. That's the challenge. That's a challenge for everybody. Finding them, not getting caught up with the people that you don't want to work with. Um, and, and that's what really inspired me. I, I was just completely sure that they existed, <laughs> that the, the people that I wanted existed. And then it just became the how do I do it challenge. I was like, how do I connect to them as fast as possible? And thinking about that and looking around and being under a lot of pressure myself because I didn't have a lot of free time. I was like, I need to get this right. It's got to be efficient. It's not going to be effective. It's got to be effective. And, you know, when I first started, I really did do it for myself. I never thought about anybody else. I never thought about the fact that I might be solving a problem for anyone outside of my little world. And I just um, really researched and thought and I looked at. Uh, recruitment funnels and, and you know investment banks use recruitment funnels some of them you hear about people go for you know round 20 rounds of interviews with Goldman Sachs and you're like wow uh, that's um, that's a whole new level of, of you know pressure but um, th that's not of course exactly what I do but I, I did take that concept because I thought yes this is the way to do it you put people through a series of filters results-based series of filters so that um, the, the people that are really terrible just it fall at the first hurdle and you never have to deal with them again and then it, you know you just bring bring through the people at the end that are worth spending a bit more time and energy on because they've already delivered some results by kind of going through that system that series of um, it's a series of aptitude tests and filters that I put in to make sure that the strongest performers come through and I, I just I just believe that it would work. It's funny that you say that. I just believe that it would work and that it would yield good results. And it did. Um, and, you know, recruitment is a huge overwhelming thing. It, I am niched into helping, you know, property investors with people in the Philippines. But, you know, that's why people go to agencies is because it's so overwhelming. Even at senior levels, it's really hard to find somebody really good. 
Well, the whole point is leveraging and, and um, you know, the whole point of leveraging a virtual assistant, you know, before you even get to that process, you want to leverage by hiring them, by bringing you on. But, uh, and I, you know, I want to come back to this point in a bit, but I just want to pick up on what you said before about about sort of being in the midst of having started with the business and you've got the day job and you're trying, you sort of swamp with this admin. Um, and I think that's, you know, one thing that I really loved about, you know, your story as well is that you've lived through this. So, you know, in terms of actually setting it up for yourself, um, you've been in that place where a lot of us are right now when we're, it's that kind of, okay, I know I need some help. I know I need some support, but it's going to take some time to set up and, at least now we've got the, you know, we've got people like you who can help us, but still it's kind of, okay, I need to allocate some headspace so I know what to give uh, somebody and work with them. So, you know, at what point do you think, you know, you must speak to people all the time who are looking to employ somebody. What, what is the best time to hire someone, do you think? Yes, usually people are in knots when they speak to me about <laughs> two things. One is, how do I get a good person and am I about to do something crazy and and that's it's going to be you know poor quality or something people are very fearful about that so i talk to them a lot a lot about that and then the other thing is this delegation challenge and there's lots of different angles to the delegation challenge i think um as soon as you're in a position where you've got a couple of hours a day of administration research um small tasks that are tight you know sort of bogging you down that might be a good time to think about a virtual assistant so it's relatively early on and it is very important to be self-aware about what you're working on because a lot of entrepreneurs are so busy we're, we're crazy busy and you can take someone aside and they've worked a 14 hour day and if you say to them right how did your day break down they'd probably say sorry what do you what do you what what like <laughs> what do you mean and i'd be like well how many hours were you on the phone how many hours on marketing how many hours on research how many hours on finance how many hours on customer queries how many hours on you know and i could go on high value tasks that drive your business forward low value tasks that don't drive your business forward but still need to be done and then probably for a lot of us we'd say i have no idea I, I can't even begin to fathom or break that down and that's part of the problem because if you can't see that it's much more difficult to see where to delegate but if you actually map that out and started understanding how your day breaks down then you can look at it and think well it wouldn't actually be very very hard to teach um, someone this task if they were a bright switched on person it wouldn't take very long so let's take deal finds a lot of property investors are spending a lot of time doing deal finds just finding the deals and then you've got to set up appointments and follow them up etc etc so it's very time consuming but if you think about how long would it take to teach a switched on bright person your deal find process because deal find process is a series of checks and you might do somewhere between 10 and 20 due diligence checks of some form perhaps and the answer is probably not that long because each check in itself doesn't is not that complicated it's just the series of them keeping on top of them that's the kind of thing that you can hand over someone else if they're the right person if they you know they do need to be intelligent and proactive and and trainable and things but providing you've got the right person if you think about it you can probably teach that in an hour yeah and then they can say it's that. like would you say yeah. it's more the idea of it is more overwhelming than the actual task when you say say someone has to break down their whole day like for me that just I was, I was just thinking but there's so many different elements today where do I even start with what I'm doing let alone what I need to you know sort of share with somebody else so that they can help me the chicken yes. and first <laughs> no sure and that that can be hard to see um but it, it's part of self-management which is an entrepreneurial challenge I'm not, I'm not saying it's not people get so busy they forget to eat and sleep I know I've been there it, it, we're just crazy um so there is yeah it's an insane bubble that we live in in this when we're trying to do this but it, it's really important and there are really good systems for this so um one of the systems and i use this to self-monitor as well as to track my whole virtual assistant team um, is, a, is a time tracking software called time doctor and that will track you can use that to track what you're working on and it's not it's not very disruptive actually you say that but you know yes you you've got this feeling of overwhelm and where do i start and then you sit down and you start either planning it or doing it um and if you're planning it you can switch on your time tracker and say now i'm planning uh maybe set alarms so that you don't so you have some awareness of how long you're going for 
um, and then you'll switch into doing. And actually, it's just a quick tick box. I am now working on this planning. I am now working on deal research. Um, I just got interrupted. Try and be a little bit aware of that. Um, and then you start mapping out. It, it sounds overwhelming, but actually, it's, it's not too bad. I think a, a mixture of um, time tracking software and alarms. I need to use alarms because I really do go into, into my own wonderland if I don't use alarms to track my time. Um, so, uh, And it's healthy if I say I'm going to work on this for 45 minutes or 90 minutes. And then, you know, you, it, there's lots of studies about your concentration improved by breaks and just set a little a little kind of break alarm um, so you know you need to take five minutes out and just be aware of where you're at it seems overwhelming because when you run a business it is overwhelming you've just made yourself every single role in a company marketing finance your own personal assistant probably sales research strategy it goes on and on and on um, tech all the specialist skills are either going to fall on you or you're going to have to find someone for it everything is your responsibility so of course when all these different areas come at you at once you do feel very overwhelmed and it's important to understand that it is a huge thing that we're taking on and most of us can't do it by ourselves. If you look at any of the really huge success story entrepreneurs, they will always say their team supported them, they delegated from day one. Um, they will always say those things as big patterns of it. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, you know, I, I sort of feel like I've got a confession to make is that I have been putting this off for too long. And I'm at you know this point where um, I know it's definitely something that I need to include into, you know, into what I'm doing and, and get the ball rolling on it. And I've sort of had these excuses, you know, I haven't got enough time, I haven't got enough money, I haven't got enough, you know, one of the things is as well is like that committing to having somebody on a regular hour, I don't know how many hours, maybe anything from two to five hours a day. But it's like, mm -hmm. have I got, have I really got enough to give them? Because in my head, I have, but actually when I, put that down on paper actually when I convert that to a task list what does that what does that look like in terms of hours per week or per month um because obviously you know you you want to feel like you've got enough to give then I'm sure I would but uh, I suppose it's the unknown as well yes I think I think that does hold people back sometimes and what I always say to people is a really good minimum um, is about 90 minutes a day, two hours a day. And the reason that I say that is there's quite good flow for them. You know, 90 minutes is enough to get your teeth into working for someone else. 10 minutes is not, then it becomes boring to work for you. But you know, 90 minutes, two hours a day, that's a good flow for a virtual assistant as a minimum amount, about that sort of 10 hours a week. Most people that feel uncomfortable about their workload, should be doing this <laughs> because that's why they feel uncomfortable um and you know it, it, the great thing about hiring a virtual assistant and you can do it part-time so don't let that be the excuse not many people um are capable of handing over eight hours a day tomorrow even if they have it within their business because they're running the business it's too overwhelming it's too much and that will come layered with time um, but if you just start on that sort of 90 minutes to two hours a day um things will start to get done they'll come off you you'll you have that responsibility and maybe that's what scares a little, little bit that you have to keep that person busy but that's a good thing in a way because you look for the things in your business yeah. and you say you know what should i not be doing what can i give them um you know what what's the worst use of my time that's also time consuming and you can start handing it over a little bit um again you you have to trust that the person will be good it, it's important that's again people are like go into that what if. So that's why you do need to put in good quality control and test your relationship before you go into like a really um, longer term, more permanent arrangement, just feel a lot of confidence in that person. It is important, I've been through that, I, I, I've been, you know, and you, you get, you develop a very good instinct for it, who's gonna be really great and not let you down and who's maybe not quite the right person to work with. And I always trial everyone I work with in terms of the virtual assistants who work for me um, for four to six weeks um, to make sure that they're going to perform because most people do start how they mean to go on mm. and then this thing of it all just being so overwhelming and huge and we us having so many different things we're trying to do anyway it's like that phrase I love that phrase that I do know it like the how do you eat an elephant phrase <laughs> Yeah, so you, when they're like, how do you eat an elephant? And you say one bite at a time. And um, it's so true, though, because if you just delegated one thing a day, and it could be a tiny two-minute task, it doesn't need to be a massive thing. But if you did that for a month, you, your business would transform in the most remarkable way. And yes, you're trying to do too much anyway, but 
the only true way to get out of that is delegate and systemize. Otherwise, you're always going to be like this. So you can choose to find the extra time and make it a priority and, and, and do your best. And even if it was one thing a week, it would start to transform, you know, or you can stay drowning. I mean, this is the tough love side of it. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. And how have you, because obviously you must have worked with, uh, you know, lots of investors now and seen that transition from people who are overwhelmed to people who at least have got some sort of you know handle on or a system in place so you know through working with virtual assistants so can you think as a, a, a particular example where you know you must have lots but anything that stands out in your mind where people have kind of used it really successfully there was um uh, one customer that I worked with who said that because he had a VA um, the d- he, and he already had a small team, um, but this was actually an instance where the time difference between the Philippines and which is a, which is a consideration, the time difference between the Philippines and the UK um, was a benefit um, because he hired a Filipino VA. Um, she started doing a lot of the administration during the night, which he had come in at six o'clock in the morning to do um previously and because she took it over he started coming into the office at 9 a.m instead of 6 a.m and that administration was already done so you know without her needing to get out late because manila's business day starts before ours um i always found that really inspiring that's not really so much about the specific task she was doing as the lifestyle change um and it's been very individual from investor to investor i've heard really amazing things um, one customer talked about how her VA was actually a partner in the business. She had so much respect wow. for her and she consulted her on most decisions. That's not always going to happen, yeah. by the way. Sure. Um, uh, someone else who was a, who's a serial entrepreneur um, involved in many different things um, had done a lot of recruitment. And, and one of the things he said to me, which I loved, was that the people from the Philippines were just as strong as anyone he'd ever hired from any country in any of his businesses, if not better, because um, of fantastic work ethic. So I really, can, you know, that was an incredible endorsement from somebody who'd launched, I think, seven successful businesses. Oh. Um, so that was amazing. You get people who are very um, detail orientated so that they'll, they'll say, well, I've now got 20, 20 hours a week back because they've really been measuring it and they've taken that side of things um, to to very sort of into very specific detail to see how much time they get back if a va is creative they can do lots of great content creation oh i had another fantastic testimonial i forgot about this i spoke to a customer actually they came from germany which was a little surprised by and the reason they came to me is because another german entrepreneur um they'd been watching their social media and um she called this other friend of hers and said um, have you been taking English lessons? Because the English in her social media had improved dramatically. <laughs> and wow. this lady went, no, I hired a virtual assistant from the Philippines and she does it all now. So this other lady then booked in a call with me to speak to me and that really made me laugh. I was like, oh, that's a wonderful little story, um, you know, that speaks to how strong some of their English, their English can be. Um, so the testimonials really vary. I, I, I don't, I, I think the patterns uh, time back people are so grateful whatever they want to do with that time back whether it's you know plow it straight back into business and and accelerate or whether it's just that time for self-care family your priorities that's being neglected um but you know it's it's different things for different people but the time back and then i think some people don't realize how rewarding that relationship can be and that's the one that blew me away personally. I saw it all strategically, but I tell you those days when you're exhausted and you don't quite know how to move forward and you might not feel like it. Um, if you have people on your team, one or many, just fantastic you know, attitude, enthusiastic, positive, what's next, let's go, you just, you move forward. It, it's, an, it's an interesting way to address that. Um, exhaustion, possibly even loneliness on the journey, um, which I never considered. Um, and that, when you build a strong relationship with the person on the team, can really be quite incredible as well. And to the point where it, it's also transformative for some of the people in the Philippines, because, you know, a lady in my team, she used to commute four hours round trip per day to her job. Mm-hmm. And just by working for me, she's got four hours of time back. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, she's got a family, she's got kids, and the, the, she, you know, she's got hobbies now, I don't think she had before. Um, so there's just the quality of, of life change. And when you see and if someone says to you, thank you for that in some way, shape or form, it's quite strange, actually, because you always 
thought you did it for yourself you probably did do it for yourself but it can have incredible effects on the people around you in various ways as well so yes yeah, so there's a, a lot of different things to say about that I think wow and you know you're saying about so you mentioned a few times about the actual um like the quality of their English for example and them being um, motivated and proactive in different ways so could you just talk us through sort of the process of how you select people because that's part of what you offer so rather than me just going to upwork and trying to find somebody myself and go through the whole process you know that's what you offer is this package but what can people expect in terms of their skill set when they come to them Mm -hmm. So my sweet spot really is finding a strong generalist for an entrepreneur who probably doesn't have anybody or has a very small team working for them. So this person's going to come in and do a little bit of everything. That's the idea. Um, clone yourself, if you like, because that's what you're doing, a little bit of everything. So they're going to come in. But, you know, like everybody, they're going to have particular strengths and weaknesses. So they might be really good at particular things. And when people come to me and ask for particular skill sets, I quite often have them within reason. I'm not the person to come to for somebody who wants a BA with five programming languages like <laughs> that's not what I do um, but someone who needs a bit of extra help with social media someone who needs a bit of extra help with financial reconciliation because we've got people with bookkeeping experience like that those flavors can be brought into it um, in terms of just very specifically how I screen um, the way that I put my own recruitment funnel as I call it uh, together I don't even know if that's a proper term that's what I call it um, I start by running uh, a lot of adverts to people in the Philippines and that generates back um, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of applications and in a nutshell my advert says to them I'm looking for bright switched on Filipino people it's a work from home opportunity for you um, working with an entrepreneur and by the way when I use that that those words things like entrepreneur in adverts they convert really well because they find that exciting conceptually this is not a big corporate this is a work from home with a business founder so the people in the Philippines get quite excited about that idea which is good it's part of it and then first of all we just basically ask them to apply in a particular way so very simple and my, my job advert has got quite a lot of information in there it goes into detail about what we're looking for and starts to set some expectations around that but what I also do is within my job advert I test them because of course if someone can't even read the job advert and you know pay attention to detail and follow instructions you don't want to work with them that's such a huge red flag so I ask them to, to put in a particular email title when they email us and we can see just by looking in the inbox if they've got that right or wrong it's very straightforward I know a lot of people are replicating it I'm talking about it a lot it is a good thing to do statistically 50% of people half of them will immediately get this wrong so you're like wow you you can't even apply properly let's just stop there and then um, the people that get it right we, we send them an email it's got a link to an aptitude test that's one of the we used to take these things in school sometimes these multiple choice you know select the answer it's 20 minutes it's very quick and it's a mixture of uh, numerical logical and verbal reasoning the verbal reasoning is going to start to tease out their English a little bit like let's see if you get the English language um, questions within that now I created this test based on similar tests that exist um, launched it out to the Philippines but I wanted to test myself against my candidates <laughs> and I couldn't because I knew the answers so I thought, right, what am I going to do? Um, and I said, let me try and test my friends, like some people like me. So I went out to friends of mine and I sent them this cheeky message, uh, sort of just being very playful, saying, guys, you know, some of you think you're clever. Um, I've just written a test, so let's see how it, you know, let's see how you do, um, inviting them to take it. And some of my friends were jumping on this test and taking it. Um, and you know we had lawyer, banker, engineer. They're, they're all they're supposed to be smart. They're certainly well educated, and their 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 results were clustered very close together. Actually, they were getting 86, 87, 88 percent. So I was like, okay, that's my benchmarking from the UK. Jump back to the Philippines with that benchmarking, and we take people who match the top mark or beat it, which is about a third of the applicants. So um, statistically, a third of um, our applicants at that stage are, are being my friends. I actually had I did have to apologise and buy a couple of drinks after that because not everybody knew what I was up to. <laughs> you always have to ask why people are doing what they're doing. It's really important in life and business. Um, so anyway, we we take that top third forward because the, the, you know. I'm, I'm talking about this and, and it, you know, there, there was fun in doing it, but the seriousness here is that um, 
I want people who are smart, who are switched on, who outperform other people, who are going to be problem solvers, um, who are going to be quick learners. That's what I'm trying to find from the Philippines. That's why I'm doing it this way. Um, those people that come back to us, we then send them an email saying, congratulations, you're a top performer. You're doing really well. We're very impressed with you so far. Um, and we ask them to do one more thing. And then we say we're going to guarantee them an interview if they do this one more thing. Now, the one more thing is actually a research-based uh, test. It's 10 questions. The first question on there, by the way, is an HMO deal find question. So HMOs don't exist in the Philippines. That's not a thing. But I explain what an HMO is. I explain what websites to use. I explain what numbers to run. I explain what I'm looking for. So they don't really need any extra information. They just need to go and, and identify one. Um, that works very well at a point in time when I was also looking for my own HMOs because I was getting this constant flow of deals but flagged up by, by my applicants. So I was kind of leveraging the test for my own research as well, which was, which was well, why not? Yes. And um, so... With, with those 10 questions, people need to, um, it's interesting, there's a bit of a shift in the flow with this part of this uh, recruitment funnel, because people need to sit down, think, uh, they need to find time in their week, and they need to get it all done and all back to us by the deadline that we set. And um, it, it's quite interesting with this because, I mean, I, I don't know if you know the answer. I don't know if you've seen me talking about this before. No. If I asked you to guess out of every 10 applicants who've already passed the first two rounds, out of every 10, how many of them actually get this done and get it back to us, this piece of work, well, how many do you think would do it? Mm, I three or four? Yeah, it's a good guess. You're right in that it's low. Um, it's actually only one in 10. Wow. So yeah, 90% drop out. And it's funny when you think about it because I know I've been guilty of this, but when applying for jobs, people dabble a lot. They're not actually that serious about working hard in the early stages. A lot of people are testing the waters. They quite want you to offer them something so they can think about it. And there's a very big difference between that mentality and the kind of job where you're like, I'm going to get my head down and do the work. And because I'm working with, with people like property investors, they need someone who's going to get their head down and do the work. They don't want someone who's going to make excuses, be lazy, be unreliable, not meet deadlines. This is where the nightmare kicks in. This is where all the stuff that you want to avoid that people are scared of kick in. So we don't want to do that, which is why um, I give them, I call it the work ethic round. Let's see what your work ethic is like. If I give you a little piece of work, are you going to do it or not? Knowing that the next step is interview. So you're very close now. Um, for the people that get it done, we look over their English. So you, you touched upon English from the Philippines. English from the Philippines is um, Americanized usually. They learn American English. So, you know, when my VA started working for me, they would say things like, have a great day, have an awesome day today to my, to my customers, which I would never say that because I'm from <laughs> London. But it's not wrong. It's not a problem. It's very friendly. It's upbeat. It's enthusiastic. It's, it's completely fine. You know, I have no problem with that. Um, there can be little quirks in there, um, but their English is a very good standard. They're very literate in English. Um, you know, some of the other Asian countries... Um, like China, hire English teachers from the Philippines because their English is so much better than, oh. than the average Chinese person. But also, you know, North America has been outsourcing call centers to the Philippines for years. And it's been a success. Not, not we, We've outsourced to other countries and it's not been successful in the past um, in terms of call centers because there's been, you know, a lot of misunderstandings. But that does not happen in the Philippines. They speak very good English. If someone has previously worked in a call center and you interview them to be your VA, you'll notice that English is... It's, it's, you wouldn't even really notice if they've done, done that for a few years that they weren't American, except that the attitude to life is very different to America because they are from a completely different part of the world. That, that becomes apparent very quickly, um, but not from the accent of someone who's done the call center of work. For someone who hasn't done the call center work, they might have a slight accent. It's hard to place. You don't know exactly what it is. It certainly doesn't call, cause misunderstanding. And in my team, even though they don't know the English accent that well, I don't think anyone has ever asked me to repeat anything ever right. in the years I've been working with them. And, you know, I've had, I've had Americans ask me to repeat myself. <laughs> like, Sorry, I didn't catch that. Um, but, you know, Filipinos are very polite, but I, I don't think it's been because they haven't understood that they've just tuned into the new accents very, very quickly and, and been really good with it. So their English is good. Um, 
you know it may not be flawless um, but it's good if you're going to get them to write a lot of content just check it over but you should be doing that anyway and it's still a time saver anyway I, I was talking about that test once they've done the second test and we're happy with it with the standard of that we invite them to interview the interviews are really strict it is a proper round it's not a foregone conclusion we need people with good people skills um, good communication skills including good English of course that's that's not generally an issue at all um, a certain level of professionalism we need to feel that we can really put this person in front of my customers because I can't go on and on about screening and then put someone in front of a customer who's got no people skills. That would be that would be the wrong impression. So we're really strict to interview and an interview. We actually fail um, about 50 percent of candidates and their fails generally on just not having quite the right attitude and not being quite a good fit or probably couldn't, they probably couldn't build a great relationship with somebody over the long term, which is what we're really trying to um, nurture with the business. So that's why they fail. And then I do lots more checks. Um, I do a criminal record check. I do an identity proof check. Um, we check their references. Uh, we, we do what I call the nutter check or the social media <laughs> nutter check, which is, you know, go on their social media and just make sure that they're not an axe murdering lunatic because that's <laughs> not going to work. And then we check things like, does their LinkedIn fit their um, CV? Do the descriptions match? We, we do a lot of different checks to make sure that this, this all seems um, like a great person to work with just by looking at their background. Um, then they're accepted into my database. And then when I work with somebody, just the last part of this, I always give them three virtual assistants to interview because the vast majority of people who come to me, they've never worked with someone in the Philippines. They don't even know what they're going to sound like. Um, and, and I find that going through that process of giving them a choice of at least three um, really helps them understand what this is going to feel like going forward. And best case scenario, and it does happen a lot, people start to get really excited at that point. Be like, yes, now I don't have those doubts anymore. Now I'm looking forward to it. I really like this person or sometimes multiple people. They're like, they're all good I don't know what to do and I'm like well this is you know this is what I call a quality problem so I'm, I'm pleased that I put you in that position um, of conflict <laughs> and then um, when they identify someone they like we coordinate a trial period of them working together to make sure that that working relationship seems like it's going to be a success over the long term so it's very very involved and thorough and we handhold a lot and we answer any questions and we make sure we know what the person's at and you know when they're in trial we constantly ask them are you happy do you need our help any problems any concerns because if there is an issue and we have a really great success rate but if there is an issue and this is a people business so people are complicated unpredictable sometimes that all comes with working with people um, we want to step in and resolve it whichever whatever that takes as quickly as possible and I think that's one reason people like working with me because they know I'm not just going to dump them in this crazy unknown <laughs> jungle and leave them to fend for themselves and you know one of the most obvious questions that people maybe they don't like asking is about the money side of things because obviously you know the the rate of pay is different there um and it's you know that idea of they almost kind of feel bad that it's so low comparison to here so what do you say to people who struggle with how much to pay them and you know bonuses things like that yeah absolutely so um i i don't interview anymore because my team have got really good at it but i was interviewing a little while ago and um, i was interviewing a young man from the philippines and he said to me um i'd really love to do this because um i'm not on very good money right now and i said okay um and i told him i said i'm still learning about the philippines economy and money and what you consider to be good money and what you consider to be bad money so i was like if it's okay with you can you tell me the money that you're making at the moment so i've got a bit of context for that and he said sure so he was working in the local equivalent of uh, mcdonald's or burger king it was like a fast food burger joint and he, they, he was being paid 25 US cents an hour. So four hours to make $1 or $2 a day. So, um, you know, that there are people in the Philippines being paid a really low amount of money. Now, um, that's not, you know, <laughs> you can't really equate it directly to minimum wage because the infrastructure of the Philippines and the opportunities available is very different to the UK or the US or Europe. But there are people working at very, very low money, um, a lot of people. Um, for the, in the online world, the online virtual assistant world, um, I would say a minimum of about two pounds an hour. And you'll still get lots of interest in that, um, especially with the work from home flexibility part of it. 
um, then I would always say to people, look to increase it because the, the experience is that when you come in day one, you do have to hand over to them. And when they come out the Philippines, you know, they can be bright and everything, but they, they still need a certain amount of training and guidance. That is a consideration of the differences, perhaps, between uh, VAs from the Philippines and VAs from the UK. Um, if a VA from the UK, especially if they've worked with property investors before, that's a different niche, and they might be able to do things. But even within that, things like deal find very hugely how you might look for um, for different um, strategies, you know, and there's, there's lots of different and areas and all the different things that's going out there. So when they come in, um, I think a, a good approach, it's almost like an apprenticeship approach is to say to them, look, we'll start on this rate and then we're going to increase this rate as we go. Because what I want is for you to become more valuable um, within my business and I'll pay you to reflect that. So I think two pounds an hour is low end, just about okay, a little on the low side. But if you've got some other benefits and let them have, you know, flexible work from home and things that can be very attractive. Three pounds is a bit more solid. Four pounds an hour is good for someone in the Philippines. I'm um, really quite good. Five pounds an hour is excellent. Six pounds an hour and above is extraordinary for someone in the Philippines. That's just my very quick um, crash course on it. When I work with somebody, I give them structured documents to show them how they might want to do those pay rises and, and you know implement the structure and think about some of these things. Bonuses, absolutely. And especially if you're in a position where um, you know, in the property world, we have particular things that are going to be a direct business win for us. So I had my BAs help me with tenant find for my HMOs. And every, every time they found a tenant to move into one of my HMO rooms on a minimum six month contract, they would get a 30 pound bonus. So I, you know, if they filled my houses, it's relatively cheap for me, um, then they get paid. And you can do the same thing on deal find. You can say to your VAs, look, every time you find me a deal and I go on to do that deal, if you're involved, if involved in sourcing, this can be particularly interesting. Um, I'll, I'm going to give you a cut, whether that be 50 pounds, 100 pounds. It's a lot of money to someone in the Philippines. Now, you do need to remind them about quality control. Don't let them get over enthusiastic and send you 10,000 useless deals. That's not going to work. So you need to have a little chat about the parameters of that because they are very enthusiastic people, how it's going to work and the purpose is to save you time. But, you know, when they nail it, they're going to get rewarded. So just, again, expectation setting and clear communications. Um, that kind of thing, I mean, there's an obvious direct financial reward um, that can be done. Um, and it can be other projects within the business. Um, I had a very interesting project where I got um, a virtual assistant to log into my LinkedIn and they would look for anyone who, who had a job title, which would indicate they were a potential customer of mine. So anyone calling themselves a property investor, a property entrepreneur or an entrepreneur, we'd send them a connection invite. And my VA did this um, a few minutes a day. And after a year, I had um, 30,000 or 35,000 LinkedIn connections. I hit the ceiling with it. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that gives me a huge target audience that I can market, market to. Um, you know, it was a very useful exercise. Just these little bits and pieces. You might not even, you know, the things that you're not doing today that the VAs can come in and help you with. Um, there's just so many useful things like that. But money, yes, I, I just talked about money in the Philippines. That's how that works. Um, and then, you know, you'll have different models with people like me and how we charge. So today, what I do is I take a, a one-time placement fee, which is um, £397, so just under £400, with a six-month guarantee on it, which means if anything goes wrong within six months, we'll replace that VA. So we really have to provide quality VAs, otherwise I'd constantly be doing replacements. And we're not, we're not, it's good, it's settled. Um, otherwise an agency might be charging you, it depends on the agency, but you know, they might charge you 10 pounds an hour for a Filipino VA. Um, they're probably paying them two, three, mm. probably at the other end of that, so. Okay, and you know, we're sort of, well, we've covered a lot so far, <laughs> thank you. Um, is there anything that you want to sort of finish with in terms of, uh, things that maybe people might not have thought about or I think blocks. that um, I've probably talked about a lot of the most important things and you know we can help people through it one thing um, I, I've mentioned briefly is the relationship with the VA and that it's been really rewarding for people and it's important to take that quite seriously so um, there's a bit of a stigma with VAs that they're just admin people. And that's sometimes the first hurdle and people come to me and they're like, well, they're, they're administration people, right? And I'm like, well, 
they can be um but i'm like what you've really got is a smart person so you know if you're asking me questions like what can a va do it's like asking me what can a smart person do <laughs> and the answer is potentially anything and it depends and you know they've got strengths and weaknesses and don't be limited on this so you know in line with recognizing their potential um, I tried at one point to talk about virtual professionals to try and move away from this virtual assistant thing and nobody understood what I was talking about <laughs> nobody everyone was like what's a virtual professional and I just and I said to my team because they were trying to push it in the Philippines I was like guys nobody has a clue what we're talking about <laughs> we have to go back to virtual assistants it's the only thing people understand really in this arena um, so that was fine but I'd say to people you know just think about that smart person um, you're a smart person you've started a business and you're doing everything whether you're good at it or not you just have to and you know it's another resource like you possibly with similar strengths and weaknesses possibly not um, which may complement you um, but keep that relationship with the virtual assistant strong and that's not just about money that's about respect it's about delegation because your delegation means their growth in their job role which they will love it's about trying to be flexible with them you know be aware of their time zone don't set regular meetings at 4 a.m in the morning for them when you don't need to because you haven't realized what time it is um, just just think about their perspective a little bit and um, the thing that I say about relationships and it's such a it's the biggest mistake that people make apart from hiring the wrong person and not being very good at giving instructions the next biggest one is always the relationship and um, if you just had one meeting a week where you actually talk to them and you ask them how is it going everything okay what are you enjoying what's the challenge do you need help from me any time off that you need coming up any change of circumstances um, by the way I'm thinking about doubling your workload in the next couple of months can you handle that is that okay share your business journey with them um, I run a little traffic light system with my team. I, I say green, amber, red, which is all about how busy they are. And they'll tell me like green, I'm a little bit bored, give me more work, you know, amber's fine. And red is, you've slammed me Imogen, so I'm good <laughs> right now. Because um, it, it can be difficult for me to see that, yeah, um, especially okay. if that person perhaps only wants to work part, not everyone wants to work 12 hours a day. Okay. So you, you know, you have to have that balance with them. So the traffic light's good for that. Um, so that relationship is, is strong. And I tell you, if you hire an amazing virtual assistant, you get the best of the best. The worst thing that could happen is that they walk away from you because you don't talk to them. Yeah. It's embarrassing and it's so easy to do because like I said, entrepreneur, entrepreneurs are the people who forget yeah. to eat and sleep. So, you know, we just have to be a bit careful about that. Um, I just want to pick up, you know, the strengths and weaknesses thing. So people in the property community might be aware of like wealth dynamics, for example, or other personality tests where, um, you know people have they're you know they're very familiar with what they're good at and what they are not so great at so is that something that you know when is that part of the interview process so when you meet somebody for the first time you can see that they their strength is more on the detail side or maybe it's more on the customer services side is that something that you find out before you hire them? Yes, um, it can be. So some people I talk to are very interested in wealth dynamics and they say, I want this wealth dynamics profile in the virtual assistant. So <laughs> we, that's fine. We understand it. We'll profile them and we'll match them to what they want. That's no problem. We know how to do it. Okay. Not, not everybody's interested in that. So I don't introduce it because for some people they're like, what is that? <laughs> what is that? Um, and that's a whole big conversation. If you don't know about it, it's a whole other arena to check out. You know, in some people like say, so, like yeah. actually having because they say hire somebody who's got the skill set that you don't have so is that something you would say is you would advise it's a balance if you um yes sometimes people really need that and we can help them just bear in mind that there is a difference between a virtual assistant and a consultant so a virtual right. assistant can come in and help you with basic tasks around social media what they probably can't do is give you like a really experienced Facebook advert strategy consultation right. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's not and people get a little confused about that so there's a little bit of a line um, so I like the cloning because it's quite simple and you can start to free up and, and you know delegate out of yourself it's one of the first things to do sometimes VAs come in and they're very good at a particular thing and we'll try and find it if people want it yes you can find somebody who's good at the stuff you're not good at you know I I'm actually not great at being incredibly cons consistent I'm very easily bored which means I'm creative and innovative and I can't do the same thing over and over again because I feel like 
I'm dying. Um, <laughs> but I have a VA who's got a very different profile to me and she hates change. So she's the direct opposite of me. When I change something, she freaks out because it's, it's quite hard for her. Um, and she, she, I think she thinks I'm a crazy person um, <laughs> and she just struggles with it because she likes the process. She likes it to be under control. Um, and and we, it's interesting. You need different people within your team with different skill sets. Really look into the future. You know, one one you can get a really strong all rounder who can come in and do a great job at a lot of what you were doing. You can get someone who's going to come in and, and help you with new parts of the business. And it's it could, it's often different people. I, I like the team working, but that's probably not something to stress about too much day one. Your, your first thing is stop you drowning and start getting a lot of the business functions working without you and then look at some of the other things and it's interesting because people do talk about um yes get someone you know what you don't like doing what you're bad at um you know or what you can't do and find people to mm -hmm. do those yes i found something interesting which people don't talk about is um when you when you get someone who is good at the stuff you're good at so you can truly be the business founder so the type of thing i'm talking about i mentioned i'm creative so that meant that for a long time i wanted to do all of my social media because i was the creative person i had a little bit of an ego about it as well and i wanted to do everything creative um but that holds me back because a true business founder just focuses on strategy and driving the business forward actually and if i start to get myself um give myself all these creative responsibilities I'll never get out of my own business again. So I learned to work with other creatives who were very talented, who had different visions, because that's the whole point about being creative. <laughs> um, we see very different things. They came into my business and added huge amounts of value. And I realized that letting go of some of the stuff that I actually love doing was really healthy for me. And no one has ever mentioned that ever about this arena. And it's really interesting if you sit down and you say, I am only going to be the business founder and do nothing else until the day that I can step out of it and let it passively run. Who do you have to hire to cover you? And, and this is the next level and you'll start to see all of these different people um, pop up. Um, well, I've got lots of ideas running around my head now and uh, it's, it's been brilliant to talk to you. And I, you know, I just think you've crammed so much content in there and, and a lot of value for people. So Thank you very much for your time. Is there anything you obviously, where can people find you, find out more about you and what you're doing? Yes, so please um, look us up. Our website is thefreedomgeek.com. Um, we've got a free, the, the Freedom Geek Facebook page. It's got a the, um, the Freedom Geek. Um, and um, the, the way that I usually deal with people right now is, is just booking a call with me um, so I can talk to them, understand you know, their business, where they're at. It can be a little bit individual. And then I can talk them through any other questions they have um, and take things from there. So the website, thefreedomgeek.com or the Freedom Geek, uh, the Freedom Geek uh, Facebook page. And you'll see that the, 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 there's an invitation to book in a call with all the links um, on those pages. Fantastic. Well, I think that's a great place to wrap up. We could be talking all night and day, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it's difficult to keep the content under yeah. control. Um, but this has been quite nice because I've talked about a couple of things I don't usually say. So it's been really good. That's great. Well, we really appreciate your time and uh, thank you so much for joining us today. So. No, no problem. Thanks, Michelle. Thank right, you. Then, take care. Bye. Cheers. Bye.